He's back. After a one-week hiatus. One-week hiatus. You decided to go spend time with your family for Thanksgiving. Yeah. Shame. Shame. I feel like uh, Game of Thrones. I'm getting the shame walk. That's right. How was it? Did you have a good Thanksgiving? Man, we had a great Thanksgiving. Yeah? We had 18 people at my ranch house. It was packed and awesome. Uh, my brother came down. He has not been here in two years because of COVID and everything. And so it's amazing. His kids, like, they're just like gigantic. I'm like, good grief. And, you know, you don't think about it, but when you don't see yeah. people. So my two nephews and my niece. And so we just had a great time hanging out and enjoying the campfire and doing all sorts of stuff. Do does your family check like baseball collector and stuff out? Do they know you from, from that? Oh yeah. They, yeah. Okay. Actually Matt's wife's brother. So his brother-in-law is one of my biggest fans, Brian. So Brian, if you're watching, thanks man. I love you, dude. Keep on collecting, Brian. Keep collecting. Cause I'm not. So <laughs> yes, you are collecting. You're just not buying. That's right. You'll, you'll say free stuff from people anytime. I'm still waiting on a package from you. Yeah, we'll see about that. <laughs> I, won't, I won't send it until you buy the plane ticket up here to fulfill your end of the deal. Due to my loss on the... Uh, your, your Cowboys, yeah. The Cowboys. And then they well, laid another egg. I was just going to say, they, they're not doing themselves any favors right now. No. They don't, they don't look so hot. Nope, they're just helping the AFC West increase their win total <laughs> that's what it is because they've lost to the broncos the raiders and the chiefs so well i think the rangers were like you know what dallas is not going to capitalize on this this city screw you guys we're going to go sign every free agent we can so what does half a billion dollars get you the 22 2022 world series championship is what that does uh <laughs> oh, okay no. i don't want to be even bet on that not even close uh yeah but Corey Seager, Marcus Simeon, two big, two of the bigger free agents out there, yeah, both signed by the Rangers, and we have historically been a team that does not. It, it's like the A Rod signing back in you know ninety, what was that or oh three or whatever yeah. it was, oh one maybe. Mm -hmm. It like soured everybody in the entire organization generationally for signing big time free agents. We've never been that kind of a team. And I think I'm kind of like, it's about bloody time. It may not work out. Seeger's yeah. injury prone. Simeon may have had kind of this career year, which would actually be the yeah. likely scenario. And here we are. At least we're trying. And that's kind of how mm -hmm. I look at it. The sad thing is you still have to pitch. And we don't have anybody that can throw the ball. So yeah. we may be winning 13 to 11 or something. I don't know, but I mean, to me, I don't like the buying a championship, but I think you can add certain pieces. It's got to be a mixture, right, of free agency and homegrown talent, and we have very little of the homegrown. Well, talent. I think I think we've we've seen this play out too many times, where buying a championship is equally as hard as building a team the right way. I mean, you it's just these teams, the Yankees, the Dodgers. Uh, they're trying to buy championships. They can't. It's not that. It's not that easy. 
Yeah, and you look at a team like Tampa Bay, who has the lowest payroll or close to it in the major leagues, and they tend to be contenders every year. Yeah. Is it just a culture thing? Is it a – I don't – you know, obviously if there was a recipe for it, all the teams would be following it, but – right. It's, it's just not that easy, right? What do you think it does to Corey Seager's card values? Trevor Trevor Simeon, I don't think, is ever going to be a big enough name. Maybe you mean Marcus won't. Simeon? I don't know Simeon about Trevor too. Simeon. Trevor's but. cool, too. You should, you should, he's, he's a good guy to collect. Uh, Seager, though, do you think do you think he... He doesn't have any hobby love won't. now. He didn't have any hobby true. love with, with the Dodgers. So it's true, yeah. Uh, and he's a very solid player, right? I mean, he is... He's good. Uh, can he stay healthy? Can he continue to produce? Uh, I mean, I just don't think it helps his hobby at all, really. Yeah. Indifferent. Okay. Yeah. Um, I was gonna say I think it does help it because I I was just I've always been surprised with the lack of hobby love he gets. It just it, it amazes me. I mean, it's it's almost Trey Turner started to get love the last few years, specifically this year because the guy hits like three thirty. But maybe Seager's constant injuries just doomed him from getting any. Think about this. I'm I have this theory. I'm I'm. This is the first time I've shared you, with you this theory. Oh boy, Boston, Red, you know Boston, New York, L.A. If you're not in one of those three markets, you have to be Mike Trout, Juan Soto. You know, you have to be a like super amazing player to get any hobby love. Um, if you're just good or even great, you're just not, unless you're in those three markets, it's very, very difficult. You can have local hobby love, you know what right. I mean? But to have overall hobby enthusiasm, I just, you know. Yeah. I think, I think you're right. I think baseball is that one sport where it, one or two breakout seasons, like in the NBA, it would it would jack your values up, and the NFL would do it. And and, and like baseball, you got to have a decade of success in a mid market to to have any hobby love, or be. I mean, I think Soto has that. I think Acuna has that. Otani has it. Otani just won an MVP. Soto should have won an MVP. I would have voted for Harper, but Soto was could have won an MVP. He Soto's won like so. Soto's done some things. You know, there's just other than, but you you can name on one hand the number of people that have yeah. outside of those markets that have overall hobby love. It's very yeah. few, very few. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. Well, it'll be interesting to watch guys like Seeger, I, I mean, guys like Max Scherzer. Right? Would you have rather had Max Scherzer than yes. Seeger? Yeah. Well, I what was this? The Scherzer deal was how many years? Three. Just three. Yeah. I mean, we got Seeger for 10, Simeon for seven. Yeah. Um, well, those guys live those, you know, will they make it through those contracts? Doubtful. Yeah. Uh, the contracts in baseball are guaranteed. That's another thing that's right. You got to remember they get that money no matter what. They can play four games or 400 and it doesn't matter. Um, but it may not, it may be all a moot point in two days because. You know the lockout supposed to start right. on Wednesday, yeah, and uh, that that just seems so stupid to me. It does, and it it almost feels like 
it almost feels surreal. Like it's not going to happen. Like it can't, surely it can't happen. Right. They're not going to let this thing happen. Um, wait, are we talking about the government debt ceiling? Are we talking about, what are we talking about here? No government debt ceiling. will kick that can <laughs> down the road later. No, it's just, <laughs> you'd think, you know, these millionaires fighting with billionaires kind of thing, that whole, right. nobody has a lot of sympathy for that because we're all sitting here going, surely you guys can work this out. I mean, yeah. um, we just want you to play ball. Like just, that's just play ball. Exactly. It, it doesn't. And you know, we've learned from past strikes. I would think I've lived through past strikes, 81, 94, where you're going, you guys better figure you know, you're going to alienate. And it's not like major league baseball is, you know, super uber popular with the masses already. Yeah. To continue to degrade that brand is not a smart idea yeah um i this is i did this before all of this but i decided not to renew my season ticket package with the rangers it was just too expensive and the team they were putting on the field was not worth my dollar yeah it was that simple and i think more and more people are feeling like no thanks well you know? the feedback request that you gave obviously affected them so the whole entire yeah. rangers community appreciates what you did there exactly how uh how was your thanksgiving by the way we didn't even get to that yeah mine was good first thanksgiving we had we didn't have family around ever uh so it was it was interesting obviously it was great spending time with our kids and we had a, a lot of snow up here the panhandle but it was good man we had a, we had a good time we had a good time good it's Lost a great time to chill yeah. out it is it is <sighs> I didn't watch much YouTube. I didn't, I certainly didn't look at eBay cause I'm not looking at eBay right now, but it was nice to not worry about the hobby or think about the hobby. Yeah. Let me ask you this. Cause I, I've been, um, I'm not much, I've said this before. I don't typically watch a lot of YouTube stuff. Anyway, we, we have a hard enough time finding time to put out our own content. I don't spend time watching a lot of other people's, but the last few weeks I have been finding time to watch other people's content. Um, Filmington. I've been catching up on some of his stuff. He's had some really good things. Um, Retro Hoops Collectibles, big fan. Who else do you like to watch? What are the two or three channels you you definitely watch when you can? Um, I probably have more than two or three. There's probably 10 guys that if I see a video of theirs, I yeah. do. I watch them. Elite uh, Code 3 is another one that I, I stop what I'm doing and I watch Nolan's stuff. I like Everything. Nolan a lot. I watch his, I just like to see the crazy stuff that he submits, you know, or whatever, because I'm He's going, pissed yeah. right now, by the way. You should see his latest video. It's great. Don't you have an interview coming up with him? I do. I do. Uh, but he he's frustrated with everybody's frustrated, but he's sending stuff in that's coming back PSA sevens, and he's usually dead on with his accuracy. Right. And he's like, these are nines, these are tens, they're coming back sevens and eights. And he's just and like, I'm he's paying 150 bucks a card for this. Mm -hmm. Uh Nolan, I would say uh I watch every video Eric does those back pages. It's, it's good for when, when, if you want to fall asleep, you can just turn on an Eric video and you're out in like five minutes. Not because what he says is an interesting voice. It's just so calming and soothing. It's like, you know, he should market that as a sleep aid. Um, and then I usually have to watch the rest of it the next day when I'm awake, yeah. fully awake, but watching that when I'm ready to go to bed, is difficult. Uh, everything Blue Jacket does, I watch everything. Yep. Uh, I have a bunch of, you know, Josh, I have a bunch of friends in the hobby that I watch all their stuff just 
because I like what they do. And, uh, yeah. but it's, it's hard. You can't watch everything. There's no way my feed is like, I could literally watch 24 seven with just my yeah. subs- people I'm subscribed to. And I never get through it. Um, there, there is a little bit of, uh, it is nice to put stuff on in the background and listen to certain people talk. And, and I, I feel like I gain a lot of insight from certain guys like Filmington's a great example. Like he's one of those guys I can put on the background and just listen to talk. And I, I feel like it actually helps educate me a little bit more in the hobby. Hopefully that's what we do too. Right. We have these conversations and I, I would prefer you to put this on in the background, listen to us banter and talk about things. Cause that's the way we like to project it out. We don't, well, no one wants to stare at Mike's face the whole time. We had one comment last week or two weeks ago that said, you know, you guys stopped or no way. It was last week when Matt filled in that he, this, he's given us one more shot or he's going to unsubscribe to us. And <laughs> can't remember who that was, but maybe he's here. Maybe he's not. We'll find out. Yep. If you're thinking about unsubscribing, by all means, just unsubscribe. It's okay. <laughs> you, don't, you don't have to make it a big deal. Um, all right. So let's talk about a couple of things. I'm going to throw this, this out to you real quick. Cause I did throw this out to Matt. I'm just curious your feedback. I put this tweet out there. Someone was asking about PSA graded cards and just kind of like comparison, right? The, the total number of Mickey Mantle cards out there. Like how much is it? Is it more than we think? And when you look at it in relation to other players, right? Griffey's 520, Donch is 230, Trout 220. Total number of PSA Mantle cards graded, 206,000 cards. Help those that are little, including myself, that don't have the background and the depth in the vintage world to understand print runs back in the day and kind of the reality of the number of cars that existed then. Well, I don't think it's a question of, I think they printed less. Yeah. But it's not about how much they printed, it's how much still exists. Right. Uh, Back then, cards weren't seen as investments or something you should keep other than for nostalgia. There wasn't a monetary dollar sign attached to it. It was an emotional attachment to certain things. And as kids grew up, mom and dad threw them away and you created real scarcity instead of, you know, hypothetical scarcity. Right. And so it's not a question. I don't think it's a question of that they printed tons less, although I I think they printed less cards back then. There's the market wasn't as big. We have the population of the United States is three times what it was in, you know, 1950 (laughs) or whatever. So there's more people. Uh, So it, it's a question of market and they would, you know, I mean, shoot Cy Berger, you know, took a barge out onto the, well, he didn't personally, but you know, in the East river, they threw away cases of 1952 top series, yeah. with Mickey Mantle's rookie in it. I mean, literally threw it into the river because they couldn't sell it. So, and for years they'd have, you know, Christmas packs with old, basically old new stock that they were trying to get rid of down the road that they had all this extra, extra cards, you know? So yeah, there was certainly an abundance of cards. It was just a question that nobody kept them. Yeah. That's all. Um, yeah, no, that's great perspective. And, and I, I asked that because there's a bigger question that I want, I want you to answer. Cause I, I bought a collection from a guy recently and he, 
I spent quite a bit of money on it and I, and I bought some great cards from him. It was, it was, it was an outstanding collection. And one of the questions I asked him when I, when I gave him the cash was, what are you going to do with the cash? And his question was, I'm, I'm going to go put it into some things that I think will protect my money. Uh, you know, silver, gold, whatever, maybe tractors. Uh, and so he texts me about two weeks later and he says, you know what? After thinking about it, I took half of the cash you gave me and I put it into a higher grade Jordan rookie. Because as I looked at things, I feel like, I feel like a good part of vintage is, is, a, is a really smart way to protect your money, protect your, your wealth against inflation. What is, like, do you agree with that? I guess one. And two, when, when someone like, looks at the strategy, what would you direct them to? If they, were, they want to protect their money a bit and put it into vintage, that, that can mean anything, right? What is the smart way to approach that? Well, first of all, it's weird to think of the Jordan rookie as vintage, you know, but I guess in theory it is, but vintage has always been a good store of value. And I never say buy a card just because of the, the dollar amount attached to it, buy a card because you care about it and you want it in your collection for a certain reason and whatever, but I would, if you're going to do that, it needs to be key players slash key cards, Hall of Fame rookies, any mantle, you know, Willie Mays, Hank Aaron, those types of players, you're going to have a hard time. I mean, you can overpay for anything, but assuming you pay a fair price for it, you're going to be okay. Hmm. Well, so when I, when I asked him, I, I started to dig around because he went, he texted me. I called him up to dig into this because I wanted to know what his rationale was behind this. And he said he started to think about it more and he'd been in the industry a long time. And he said that he realized as he thought about it a year ago, a year and a half ago, there was probably just as many Mickey Mantles available to buy on eBay this, this time last year versus this year. But he started to realize that there's a lot fewer higher grades of vintage cards. And so he said, you know what? My mindset is now I'm going to put a little bit more money back into, into vintage cards, but I'm buying higher grade only because I think those are being, those are the ones being stashed away as a store of value. You agree with that? Yeah, I think I'm trying to think through that idea. Certainly the higher everything, grade. Everything doesn't win, right? Every, you can't just go buy vintage and everything is not going to win. I get, that's my not. point, right? What, what is the more safer approach if you truly want to use vintage cars as a way to protect against some of this inflation? Is it to go buy high-graded vintage and only certain players like Mantle and Mays and Clemente? Um, or is it go buy everything? I, I don't know. I want, teach me your ways, Mike. It's certainly not everything if that's your goal. Yeah. It is got to be key cards, key players, and and high grade as high a grade as you can afford for each of those. It, there's a lot less sevens of a Harmon Killebrew rookie, for example, fifty five tops, than there are threes, fours, and fives, and there's even fewer eights and probably very few nines, right? But that's why those are so much more. They're you know multiples higher per grade. You know, it's exponential, the curve for higher graded vintage because they're 
not only did the kids, did the moms throw them away, but the, when the kids had them, they were putting them in bike spokes and, <laughs> you know, flipping them and all these things that they would play games with them and putting them yeah. in shoe boxes with rubber bands. So it was a time when you might have the card, but it might be beat to hell. So that, you know, to find them pristine is rare. Yeah. Rare equals value. Not always. It's not a direct correlation. Just because something's rare doesn't mean it's valuable. But in the sports card world, rare does mean valuable. So if a client comes up to you and is asking for other ways to diversify their portfolio outside of stocks, outside of precious metals, would you consider vintage sports cards as an option? 100% no. Really? Okay. So all of that you say, you don't have a conviction around it. I just said, if that was how you think, that's what you should do. I don't think that way. And I don't think sports cards are an investment. Do they have value? Yes. Do they go up and down in value? Yes. They have no intrinsic value. Gold has intrinsic value. Silver, precious metals has intrinsic value. I also don't think people should be buying cryptocurrency either. So, because it has no intrinsic value at all either. It has nothing to base its value on. Uh, so, there's nothing underlying going, yep, this should be worth this because it's this. Even with, you know, you have a company stock, they make something or they do provide a service or something that is measurable and definable. Sports cards don't do that. I'm sorry. I, I don't want to get off on a complete tangent yeah. here. Just... Massive tangent for sure. Uh, I, and I think the modern day investor would potentially argue that there's really no intrinsic value of going and buying a share of stock. You're, sure, there you're is transacting... the only piece of that company. Well, it's not associated with anything real, right? The PE rate ratios mean nothing anymore. It's not, it doesn't actually correlate with things outside of what people want to pay for the price of the share, supply and demand. That doesn't mean it's smart, but it's, it does all that all, PE ratio does matter. I'm not buying Tesla because I think the PE ratio is out of this world. Does that mean Tesla is going to go down or up? I have no idea. But I look ratio at ratio stopped mattering a decade ago. Come on. No, it did not. I use it every day <laughs> to determine what to buy and what not to buy. I don't just buy a stock just because it's hot or whatever. Um, look at Rivian just came out, you know, IPO. It's a, they're a yep. truck maker. They make yep. a, electric truck well it they don't even have earnings they even they don't even have a truck on the road you know so and people are paying all this the valuation of the stock is absurd and guess what i'm not buying it i don't you it could double but it wouldn't make any sense <laughs> so you never it, bought that, amazon stock then i own amazon <laughs> stock, so that's not true but i bought it when it had value and i just haven't sold it because it yeah. just keeps going crazy um but no, I, I, it's the total chance and I'm just giving you a hard time, but no, I, I, I think in the world that we live in for someone to say, Hey, I, I don't want to put 90% of my money in the stock market or precious metals. I want to put 5%, 10% here to protect my money a little bit. Houses, jewelry, sports cards. I don't think it's that crazy to think that way. I, I, and I, it's okay. I get that so many people do think that way. I'm not criticizing them. I just don't agree with it. And, and real estate's a totally different thing. It, it does have value, right? It's a house. It's got made out of wood and sheetrock and 
whatever it has value. So I think real estate is totally an investment. I think precious metals are an investment. I think stocks are an investment. Sports cards, not so art, fine art, not an investment. Again, I'm not looking at this in terms of an investment. I'm looking at this in terms of protecting against inflation. I think there's a thing. It's a, there's a pretty fine difference between the two. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to buy sports cards that you don't want to see the, although I just showed a video where or I tried to, I did a video. Yeah. My last golden age was showing uh, how prices have gone yep. down 30, 40, 50, 60% on some vintage cards. Yep. They're not immune sure. to crazy. And sure. we saw crazy in February and March and everything in sports cards. So. Absolutely. Well, that's a good segue. If you are looking to check out the values of your cards and track your portfolio, we would highly recommend you go check out Card Hitch. Agreed? Agreed. Having trouble managing your valuable collection and finding price transparency in the sports card market? Me too. That's why I use Card Hitch. Card Hitch is a brilliant price analysis and collection management tool. Track all your grades across PSA, CSG, HGA, SGC, BGC, and as well as your raw cards. Card Hedge pulls their research from sites like eBay, Starstock, MySlabs, and Golden Auctions. You want an accurate picture of the sports card market? Yeah, me too. With over tens of thousands of cards in their system, Card Hedge is the definitive sports card price guide. Quickly search by card, player, or set. Sort by price or percentage change. It has a lot of awesome advanced features. So what are you waiting for? Join today for only $14.99. Seriously, what are you waiting for, Mike? To start buying cards again. Then I'll need to hear <laughs> what the values are. Oh, so good. So good. Um, all right. So sorry about the tangent there. Uh, I would love to know if, if you're watching this, I'd love to know your thoughts below, right? Do you consider certain cards as a hedge against inflation as you see inflation and all the stuff? And we've done, I've done videos on inflation. You've done videos on inflation. Would love to know your thoughts below. Um, yeah, we'll just leave it at that. All right, let's, 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 just, let's talk about some of the stuff. Uh, top 10 cards. This is top 11. Brady, he's here every week now. He's, he's the staple. The refractor. BGS nine sold for $90,000. Goodness Jeez. gracious. I think yeah. Jackie's also been a perennial. Yeah. On this. Well, he's actually right below this Aaron Rodgers. He's on here twice. He's in two in the top 12. Well, the Packers so, are playing well. Yeah. Jackie Robinson. Yep. Um, what is this? Jeff Malone. Oh, that's yeah. He was on there. Was he on there a couple weeks ago? There was another 86 flare. Someone's putting together that PSA 10 set. I can't imagine dropping $32,000 for a Jeff Malone PSA 10 just to complete a set. I would like to know what the total amount that person has into their PSA 10 set. <laughs> right. Like, is that the two plus two equals six or two plus two equals, you know, one? Like, <laughs> is it worth more to get? I don't know. It's crazy. Yeah, well, there's only going to be, what, one or two people in the entire world that would ever want that. So that, that's one of those, yeah, I think you're right. It's like it's it's like the people that always say, hey, go buy scarcity and short printed cards because it always matters. Like, it, it doesn't always matter because a lot of people don't like that stuff or don't want that stuff. There's such a, a few a finite amount of people that search after certain things. 
I can't yeah. I can't imagine. God, look at that Kobe. Jeez. Yeah, I know, right? You know that card. I mean, you can kind of see it there. That's the credentials one, number to 499. I mean, that, that's a BGS nine. Goodness. Speaking of, by the way, take this off real quick and I'll ask you a question. Mm. I've been watching your auctions. Yeah. You've been selling a lot of like you got some prices that I'm like, wow, I didn't think that would sell for that. Have you been feeling the same way? Yeah, I have. Uh, uh, the greatest stuff you can obviously measure pretty quickly. You can go look at comps and get those. But some the raw stuff has been surprising me with how well it's been selling. I've been telling people this for a while. Mid-90s, late-90s stuff is sneaky good if you know what you're doing. Like yeah. those inserts, especially in baseball, especially in basketball, but in baseball too, people love that stuff, man. That's that that goes back to like nostalgia for a lot of us guys that can spend the money now and have disposable income. It's uh is anyone stood out in particular that sold that you were like, huh? That Pudge Tiffany tops traded for like 260 bucks or something that you sold. That was a gym. I mean it's gym mint. I thought it'd go for more, honestly. Did you thought you thought it'd go for less? Yeah. And then uh you had some great griff griffy stuff that you were selling. Yeah, that would good. So, yeah. Thanks for watching the store. You're welcome. You're welcome. You ever seen? Do you remember? Um, I just came across these, the E top. So this is 2004, but when they would send out the limited edition. Oh, here, I'll do this for you. Limited edition. Them. Yeah. You have that? There's like uh, not that card, but I have I have some E top stuff. Fitzgerald rookie numbered out of 2,500. Yeah. Yeah. Those are pretty fun. Uh, I did come across a tops Tiffany Barry Bonds. That's a pretty good card. <laughs> you think? Yeah. So are you sending that stuff in? Yeah. Like the top stuff. I'm not quite sure what I'll do with, but there, I mean, yeah, there's a lot of stuff that we're, I'm with Nolan, man. I'm, I've been having such bad luck with some of the PSA grades, even at 150 bucks. It's like, if, if you're sending mantles in, that's one thing because you don't care if it's a three and a half or a four and a half. I mean, it swings the price, but it's not like you just want to slab it. It's a mantle. But some of this stuff, like it's a mid to mid 90s card. If it's a PSA seven or eight, it, it becomes valueless at that point. So you have to be 100% sure you're getting a nine or a 10. Right. And when you spin the PSA magic wheel, I, say, I love that I line. I know, right? I love that line. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so a couple of the things will pop up. Let me show, let me show my screen here. Um, so Sports Card Daily, you know that site? I know that site, yes. Yes. Um, we, we reference it quite a bit here. This I'm came up. I'm a fan, yes. Previously unknown 100-plus-year-old card cards up for auction now. Stuff they had never seen before, which is awesome. Yeah, those are the um, – I call them Rose, but they're yeah, not. Rose, they call them Rose, too, it looks like. Rose oh, they do? Now. Okay. Yep. Cy Young, wow. Yeah, I don't. Even, I think they're up for auction now. I don't even know what the approximate value is on stuff like this. And then you see these 1921 self-developing cards with Ruth in there, Ty Cobb in there. PSA's never graded any of these. Like, 
that stuff's just crazy to me. <laughs> Where is that being auctioned off at? Is it golden or? Um, register for the auction at the collector connection, wherever that is. I have no idea that one. Uh, yeah, there you go. Wow. That's Cy Young. Oh, sold for $36,000. There you go. Too bad that won't be on our PSA list next week because. Right. Yeah, that's true. We, we miss a lot of those big cards when we just search eBay. Yeah. Um, do you, if you ever ran into a situation where you went and seen a collection where there was like a bunch of this old stuff that blew your mind? Have you ever been a part of that? No, not stuff that I've never seen before. Yep. Um, that's a great segue into, I'm going to have you on my next golden age of cardboard episode, which will air later this week. And we're going to talk yep. about, you know, going and looking at, I know you and Matt have both been doing that a lot. And I've been just kind of in the background watching, providing some feedback and y'all yeah. have come across just literally amazing things. And I'm just going, there's so much of that out there. I bet if we would just go find it, but we're going to, we'll talk about that later. Yeah, we will. I won't, uh, I won't even comment on it then. Yeah, don't spoil new, it. <laughs> new releases this week, Panini XR football. I'm sure you already got your pre-orders in for that one. <laughs> okay, what else? Mosaic basketball. Again, all of these, I feel like every time we say them, I just anticipate that it's probably six weeks out from actually being released uh, because it's moving so fast. One and one basketballs next week, Spectra footballs next week, Chrome Black baseball and Heritage High Number baseball. No way Tops is releasing two baseball products in the same week. Heritage uh, High Number is already out in the wild. So, what's that? I've seen Heritage High Number already out in the wild. Oh, retail. Okay. Well, there you go. There I went go. to I went to Walmart last week. Shelves packed. Could have bought anything I wanted. Mm -hmm. Packed. There was so much update, like dozens of blasters and all the whatever varieties they had. Uh, Chronicles basketball was everywhere. Uh, yeah, like tons. Tons of stuff. So that's definitely not a cool, not, not a market that's just roaring anymore. I think yeah. people are getting a lot more discerning about what they pick up and prices are more expensive, right? The, yeah. the meat, a lot of the meat is off the bone on some of those easy buy for 20, sell for 40. Gone. Those days are gone. I think. Yeah. yeah, we, we are, we are back. We we've taken a step back on the retail side two years. Like, I feel like that we're back to where we were in 2000, late 2019. Yep. Yeah. 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 Which interesting. Yeah. Ex except, yeah, to your point, except now to go buy stuff, you have to pay 50% more and get 40% less cards. Yep. Thanks, <laughs> but no thanks. Although, I mean, it's not that I wouldn't, like, I didn't buy an update blaster. I, yeah. You know, just to have one, it might not be the worst way to spend. I think they're still 20 bucks, honestly. I remember the update right. blasters. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, spending a $20 bill on that just to have one might be kind of cool, mm. but I didn't. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, but I'm also not, that's right. I'm not buying cards, but I don't think wax counts. Does it? <laughs> wax doesn't count. Is that, is that the fine print in your agreement with Julie? 
<laughs> no. I did find out from Julie that supplies are okay. I had to buy some top loaders and some other stuff like that was okay because okay. I'm protecting the cards I already have. So mm. that was that was an approved purchase. So okay. Well, I'm, I'm huh, glad so you're, you're you're scratching your head somehow. You go buy go buy supplies. It's actually protecting your dollar. Buying supplies might be the best way to do it. <laughs> right. <laughs> that, that might be it. Um, so, yeah, what's uh, what's coming out for you this week, content-wise? Uh, so, episode five of the Million and a Half Card Collection video is coming out. I've been uh, – I hadn't used the Breaker Culture channel in a year and a half since we started this. And I was I started throwing some videos out there of, like, things I'm listing in the store. You know, just videos I wouldn't put on Bench Clear. I've been seeing them. What's that? I've been seeing those videos. Yeah. Well, like, there's no, no one watches that in the channel anymore. So I have like 40 people that watch the videos now, <laughs> which is totally fine. But it's uh, it's been good to like talk about cards that are hitting the store, which is kind of fun. But uh, interviewing Nolan, which I think everyone's going to dig, conversation with Leeko, and episode two. Of the leap, did you happen to watch the the conversation with JT of of the full time? We're we're doing a little, we're doing conversations I with did. people that weren't full time in sports cards, which has been really fun. I did, I loved it. Uh, cool. JT for his age, I mean JT's been my friend now for several years. Yeah, and I'm, I'm honored to call him a friend, and he he's incredibly articulate, very savvy, knows his stuff. He's learned a lot, I and mean, he would say this from me and Eric and other people that are older and, and kind of pouring into him and wanting to see him be successful. And, uh, he's, he's doing it. He's making good decisions. He's doing things right. And he's got a lot of intrinsic, like he's got a lot of, he knows a lot already. Uh, but he does, you know, he knows you got to surround yourself with smart people too. You know, it can't yeah. just be you. And, uh, he does that. And, He's a good kid. He's going, going places. Yeah. No, it's interesting because you can always tell you have enough of these conversations. You can pick up pretty quickly, like who are the really successful people, even if you didn't know the outcome of what they like achieved, you can tell pretty quickly, like if they've been successful or if they're going to be successful. And there's, I mean, look, you can, you can survive full time, obviously in the hobby. If you, if you can outwork and outgrind and outthink people, you could make a pretty good, darn good living in the sports card world. So it's fun. Yeah, it's no, matter what price, for... dude. no matter exactly. what price. No matter what price. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Totally agree. Yeah. What about you? What's coming out for you? Uh, as I said, my, my video with you uh, on Bench Clear Media here, I've, you know, it's weird. I'm trying to figure out what content looks like. I've got so much stuff to show and I'm trying to figure out how to do it and just talk through it. I was thinking about some different series and things and I've got some good ideas, but that'll be on baseball collector channel. Um, and, uh, yeah, I've got this Sunday is the announcement for the, the, the veterans committee, you know, the eras committees coming out with who's going to get in the baseball hall of fame this year. So that I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. I'm super excited about that, honestly. So we shall see. Who's going to win? Who's going to get in? Uh, I think Buck O'Neill gets in for sure. Uh, and I'm watching, I'm going through baseball, you know, the Ken Burns series again, mm -hmm. as I do every off season. 
and it just to watch him talk again, I'm like, yep, he needs to be on just as an ambassador for the game. Yeah. Call him whatever, you know, a player, manager, coach, whatever. I don't care what you put him at in as he deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. He loves the game so much. And he loved he had a lot of respect and admiration for white baseball. He had a lot of respect and admiration within and during the Negro Leagues. I mean, he was just incredible. Absolutely incredible. Uh, Dick Allen will get in, I think. Uh, I'm looking through my stack of Minnie Minoso, I think, gets in. And I think Tony Oliva gets in. So I think we're going to have four new Hall of Famers come Sunday night. Wow. That would be that would be great. We had zero last year. So <laughs> that would be that would be good. And then the voting will start kick off in January. I'll do many videos on that on uh you know the the actual writer's ballot and all that. Who should get in yeah. and who shouldn't. When is Ichiro eligible? Is that next year or the year after? No, his well he played in 2019. Uh Actually, technically, I think he played in 2020, didn't he? Uh, because he played that one series in Japan. Let me just look it up, just so I don't. 2019, he played that one series in Japan. So, 2024. Okay, but he's first ballot. I mean, come on, right? Like, right? Not even a question. He'll go in the same. He'll be in the same year as. No, Beltrace last year was 18. So Beltre will be 2023. You got Ortiz this year. You've got A-Rod this year. First timers on the ballot. You still got Bonds and Clemens and all these guys. It's going to be very interesting to see what this ballot looks like this year. Mm. Schilling's last year. See if he can yeah. overcome his demons. But <laughs> every guy I just mentioned, by the way, deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. So yeah. uh, we shall see. And I've been picking up the last Dallas show, I was picking up Ortiz autographs for super cheap. I was like, crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's funny you mentioned A-Rod. He's one of the guys I've kind of hesitated to sell a little bit because I, I do got a pretty good little stash of A-Rods. It's like, oh, I don't want to hold off. And... But I'm selling. <laughs> got to make your money back somehow. May, uh, May wants you to get that money back. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I never went to sleep upset about taking profit. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. On that note, have yourself a good week. Hey, man, you too. Everybody out there, have a good one. Later.